Hello, everyone, and welcome to what I believe it's either Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't, I don't know what it is. I think it's Tuesday. Okay, okay, it's Tuesday. But maybe by the time that someone's listening to this, it's Wednesday. Indeed. Though, by that logic, it could also be any of the days of the week. We <laughs> might have recorded this on Monday as a Monday check-in, and we're just not posting it till Wednesday. Could be. Who's, who's to say, really? Good thing uh, there's no uh, date stamp on our uh, recordings. <laughs> That's right. But regard, you know, regardless of when it actually is or when it may be, um, I'm I'm Damon, and I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church. I'm joined by Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church. Glad we're here is, with you today. Yeah, this is the whatever some, day it is. Is the someday check-in. And uh, what, we're, what we do is we spend a little bit of time and we share some of the stuff that's going on in the life of First Presbyterian Church, the things that uh, we think folks might want to be aware of and, and connect to if they would like. And then we switch gears a little bit and we do a little mini preview of this upcoming Sunday. So um, with those things said and done, Greg, what are some things we should be aware of? Well, Lots happening in the life of the church. We're uh, coming towards the end of our first summer sermon series, which has been on children's books. And so Pastor Damon will be sharing about a children's book with you uh, in our check-in, as well as uh, for a sermon tomorrow, or not tomorrow. Well, perhaps if you're listening to this on Saturday, the sermon will be tomorrow. (laughs) Could have been last week. Who knows? Um, and then, uh, then we're going to have a couple of uh, weeks. We're going to do another worship in the park on uh, July, 20, July 19th. And then uh, uh, go and serve Celebration Sunday on July 26th or about that. And then we'll be rolling into the Summer Sermon Song Series. And we hope you will join us for that as well. So that's exciting. And if you have a song that you think would make a great sermon, particularly a secular song that you listen to, go ahead and send that our way. And we'll look at the, trying to get into the lineup. It's a shorter lineup this summer. We'll only be doing six of those as opposed to 12. So uh, get those in. And if perhaps if we don't get your song in, uh, we'll do a podcast about it. And uh, we'll look forward to that. So in addition, we have... Not one, but two uh, wonderful uh, groups going this summer uh, via Zoom. One of them is a uh, virtual book group for the whole church on the novel Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. Uh, We still have four copies of that sitting in the church office. So if you haven't picked up a copy and would like to swing by the church and pick up a copy, you can uh, or order it from Amazon. We're uh, about halfway through the book at this point. But it doesn't mean, it's not too late. You can still join us. Pick up the novel. It's a quick read. And uh, you'll get to hear uh, podcasts, conversations with some uh, three amazing smart literature professors who school Damon and I in uh, literature. Uh, They run laps around us, if you will. Uh, But we get to be there to have laps run around us. So that's great. It's fun to watch. And uh, those will be accompanied as well by some uh, online Zoom discussions. So, novel Gilead, Marilyn Robinson, we're inviting the whole church to participate with us. Great novel, won a Pulitzer Prize, about a small town pastor in rural Iowa, so there's a lot of similarities to our context. In addition, we have a summer conversation group going on, uh, an anti-racism group. And so you may remember for the first uh, month of the summer in June, we invited you to watch the movie Just Mercy, which was available for free as a streaming 
movie on a lot of different platforms. Uh, we held a conversation group about Just Mercy last week. Uh, now, for the month of July, we're inviting you to read a book called The Hate You Give. Damon, do you have that still there on your desk? Can you show us Ooh, that yes. book? There it is, The Hate You Give, and that is by... <laughs> it's absolutely riveting. Oh, Stunning. no, that's just pull quotes? Yeah. There it is. Andy there Thomas, is. there it is. Um, <laughs> so we invite you to, to pick up a copy of the book. It's, uh, it's in the genre of young adult fiction. Uh, it's, it's a quick read, but it's a great read, and it helps us go deeper into our conversation about anti-racism. So uh, pick that up, read it this week, and then next week we'll start holding book groups, and we'll do that for a number of weeks. And so uh, stay tuned for uh, sign-up times for those book groups to have conversations about that. And I think those are my announcements. You had one more that you wanted to share, right, Damon? Yep, I do. And it relates to this year's Go and Serve. Um, so we've been working for a long time to figure out uh, if, if and how we can do Go and Serve this year. And our plans have changed several times. And our plans have sadly changed again. Uh, we've decided that, it, that it's really not the most responsible thing for us to do um, to invite in, out of concern for the safety of our students, our, the families of our students, anyone that we would be interacting with um, during the course of Go and Serve, which had sort of become a stay and serve sort of a thing. Uh, we've decided that's just not the most responsible thing for us to invite students to participate in that this year. So uh, we won't, we will sadly not be hosting Go and Serve activities this year. Um, and I know that we just recently sent out the stock sale letter and we've had a very generous and a very kind response to that, which is tremendously appreciated. Um, and so what we're actually going to do is we're, we're going to take that the money that has come in for a stock sale and we're going to go ahead and just turn that back out to um, either organizations that we had hoped to partner with this year or to some of our favorite or really memorable partners that we had a really memorable experience with from past years. Um, so it's, um, it's one of those things that we have been coming across time and time again for the last um, four months now, uh, coming up on almost half of a year in this COVID mess. And uh, yeah, it's another spot of grieving um, but through those donations and through being able to support other organizations, um, we are still able to sort of continue that the history and the tradition and the ethos of Go and Serve this year, even though it may not be our hands and feet doing doing the thing. Um, we are still as a as a congregation, as a people of faith, um, supporting those sorts of things. So. Um, I, I thank folks for their donations to that. If you did give stock sale, you are still going to get a pan of cinnamon rolls. So you can, you can be on, on the lookout for those. Um, and if folks have questions or, or concerns, um, please reach out, um, give me a call, send me an email, um, and let us know. So, uh, but then also connected to that, we're gonna. We're still gonna have a go and serve Sunday. It's not gonna be the 19th. It's gonna be the 26th of July, and we're hoping to do kind of a go and serve sort of retrospective, actually. Um, so, so folks can can be on the lookout for that for that Sunday. So, 
Yeah, and I, I want to emphasize a couple of things. One, uh, the grief that comes along with not being able, for particularly for our seniors, who are looking forward to this as their last go and serve. Um, we will hopefully invite those seniors to come back next year should they want to do that so they, they don't miss out on that. Um, and also that the spirit of go and serve is alive and well in our church uh, and will be this summer. It has been throughout this pandemic. Uh, and the way that the go and serve committee has chosen to take those stock sales and benefit previous partners like our ministry partners in Ganado, as well as uh, partners here locally in Hastings that we were going to work with anyway. Uh, so I, I don't want to say it's canceled. It, it looks different. The spirit is alive and well. We will have a go and serve uh, spirit <laughs> in the month of July, while the kids won't actually be gathering to do service projects like they have done for the last 60 plus years. So this is a hard, hard thing for the church, but it's the right decision uh, for the safety and health of our youth, uh, for their families, and also for the folks we were planning on working with. So, so yeah. So though that's that. And now before we transition to the other thing, Greg, would you like to offer a word of prayer for us? I would. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, with the announcement of the change in Go and Serve still echoing in our ears, we come before you with heavy hearts. Hearts that are heavy because we're losing an opportunity to use our hands and our feet to serve you. We're losing an opportunity for this church to do what it has done for all these years, which is shine your love and your light into people's lives, into a community, both the volunteers and the folks who are recipients. But that doesn't mean that we're not gonna be able to do that, Lord. It's just gonna look different this year. And so we ask that you be with all the youth who are gonna be feeling a sense of disappointment when they learn this news. Be with all of the folks who we were gonna serve with and uh, Lord bless and guide them in the work that they're doing and continue to bless and guide the products that go and serve has helped on for all these years and the ones they were going to help on this year as well. As Damon and I get to studying your holy word, Lord, may your word bring us hope in the midst of the grief that we are feeling. May your word also challenge us to continue to strive to serve you in creative and new ways in the midst of this pandemic, so that ultimately all may come to know your love through us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So for this coming Sunday, uh, we have a children's book, as you mentioned. It's a book called Perfect Square. It's written by Michael Hall. Uh, I'm going to roll out of frame for a moment. There it is. Perfect Square, smiley face, Michael Hall. Uh, we're pairing that, we, I've chosen to pair that uh, with a passage of scripture from, uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. Uh, and that piece of scripture reads something like this. Uh, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. 
Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. And I'm going to guess that folks are not overly familiar with Perfect Square. <laughs> um, Perfect Square is a story about a... a Why don't you a, give us the recap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect Square is a story about a perfect square, uh, literally a perfect square. There it is, right? That um, is a perfect looking square, Damon. Right. It's four matching corners, four equal sides, right? Uh, and it's perfectly happy being a perfect square. Uh, but then a series of, of unfortunate events happen to the square. There's one of them right there. Um, and this and the square kind of has to figure out how to do the, how to, I guess how to how to be after those things happen to it and does so rather successfully. Um, and then the part of the book that I find the most maybe the most interesting is at the end uh, the square is sort of waiting for something to happen to it again, um, but nothing does happen to it. And then all of a sudden it starts to feel it's, it's four perfect squares and it's, and it's four equal sides to be actually kind of confining uh, and limiting in some way. And it has sort of made me think about, about the times that we are called to um, reinvent ourselves in some ways, or, or in some ways the, the roles that we learned or the things that we learned uh, growing up, after a while we, we start to find them to be limiting. Um, or maybe the way, to, the things that we thought were complete, we actually start to realize are incomplete. Um, and, and that presents a, a challenge to us, um, which made me think of this passage from First Corinthians, this idea that there, there are things that we have to put aside after a while um, because we've learned something new or we've had a new experience or, um, or whatever the case may be. And that's uh, not an easy thing, um, but it is a necessary thing if for no other reason than no one gets through life unscathed, really. Yeah, and I mean, there's the, there's the wisdom they say that the only constant in life is change. Um, the question is, how do, how do we respond to that change? And then also, how do we see God within that change? I think that's, that's an important thing. And there's a phrase that we use, um, it's uh, in Latin, it's reformanda semper reformata segundo verbo di Dios. It's reformed and always reforming according to the word of God. Did you like my Latin pronunciation there? I did, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think throughout life, that phrase recognizes that we are constantly being reformed by God, right? And we use that in a theological sense that we have reformed theology, that our, our theology has 
been reformed over time as we have come to understand God in new ways and God has revealed God's self to us in new ways. But we as, as individuals are constantly being reformed like the perfect square, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it takes, takes on a different form each time it gets a corner torn off or it gets hole punched. It's being reformed. And like I said, I think one of our challenges as Christians is, is, is to seek God's presence in the midst of that reforming that happens throughout our lives. Yeah, and, I, and that makes me think of a couple of things. One is that we have, our worship service reflects that idea. Um, I mean, that's why we have a time for confession and assurance of pardon, at least in my theological understanding. That's, yes. that's why that's there in every service, like that, that opportunity, the, the, need, the recognition of the need uh, to reform our to reform our hearts right um and our lives and it also makes me think of the the recognition being willing and able to recognize that circumstances change um and and that the the shape of a thing that worked really well yesterday may not be the shape that works really well today Uh, and and the shape that works really well tomorrow i think of um, the ways that um, the, the, the church has sort of reshaped itself um, and out of necessity <laughs> sometimes. Um, and, and the mixed the mixed bag that that is, that we start to do these sorts of things and we start to make changes in our own lives or in you know, the life of a church and and there is there is joy that comes out of that. There, there certainly is. Uh, we discover new things about ourselves. We discover new things about the world around us. Uh, and there's also a grief that comes with it as well. You know, I really missed that, whatever it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's there's there's something to me about the recognizing the need for a certain amount of flexibility. And, I think is really important. I think we've, I think we at, as staff at First Pres have learned a lot about that in the last four months. <laughs> Indeed, we have. Yeah. But, but that's, I mean, that's the story of the church, right? From the very beginning. First, the church was this, this band of ruffians wandering around with Jesus Christ and, and watching him preach and providing for his needs and gathering followers. And then Christ died, right? Christ was crucified all of a sudden their, their leader was gone and they had to rethink, okay, what does it mean now to be the church? And they, and then Christ was resurrected and walked among them for 40 days. And then Christ ascended into heaven. And then, you know, and each, and that's, that's just the first 30 years of the church. Right. But then if we look at, um, you know, the, the church not being in favor with the Roman government and then finding favor under Constantine, and um, just throughout the years, the church has had to reshape to be able to witness effectively to the saving love and grace of Jesus Christ within its own context. And even today, the church in the United States is fundamentally different than the church that I've worked with in Syria or Iraq, uh, because the context is different. And, and yet, you know, our call is to form and reform so that we can continue 
this message of grace and love that Jesus Christ has bestowed upon us, this good news that we carry with us, and speaking that good news into a different context, and, and the context changes every day, both within the city of Hastings, and certainly it's changed a lot in the past four months, but even the last four years or the last 40 years, how much that context has changed. Um, you know, and what's our call within that to, to allow God to reshape us as individuals and reshape us as the church? Um, and are we willing to do that? Um, you know, one of the, I've talked with a church consultant and, and, and he said that the most deadly words in any church are we've always done it that way because God will be revealing God's self to us in new ways. And if we're going to get stuck in the old ways and say, that's the only way to do church or to be church, we will, uh, we will not be able to effectively witness. And then really that's our job, right? As disciples is to effectively witness the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And if we get stuck in a particular way of doing that and we refuse to adapt, um, you know, I think about it, I'm talking too much here, but I think about our broadcast ministries, right? And uh, if you go back and read the session minutes when we started the radio broadcast ministry, there was this great fear that people would stop coming to church because they just stay home and put the church on the radio. And yet they felt a call to share the good news to a broader audience by broadcasting by radio. And then the same thing in the 90s with the television and then the same thing a few years ago when we switched to, to live streaming on the internet. And um, if we look at the metrics of who is watching our service now, we are reaching people that we otherwise wouldn't be able to reach with this good news that we carry as the church. Um, and we've been able to do that because we've been open, not perfectly and not all the time. And certainly there, uh, I, I have not always been willing to change. <laughs> um, but by being open to that, by letting God reform us as the church and as individuals, we find that we're able to carry that good news in, in new ways. Yeah. And I, I think that that use of the phrase good news um, seems to me that it would need to play a, a critical role in these sorts of things. Like, but when we, when we come across a thing, either like sort of in our own, like in our personal lives or in the life of a church as a whole or the life of an organization as a whole, and like we recognize, oh, this, we need to, either a change has been forced upon us or we're using some self-critical analysis. And okay, something has brought us to say, okay, something needs to change, right? Uh, well, I think we have a, a tendency um, to get stuck in the, the pain of that or in the confusion of it maybe um in in but like when we're able to say and ask okay what's the good news <laughs> in this then uh, you then your perspective starts to change on it and you're like oh okay well the, that that that's the good news in it then okay how do we build to that or how can we structure things around that and um and and you and that is the sort of thing that enables or helps you to live into some sort of newness, right? New life of of some sort. Okay, what's the what's the good news in this? Um, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, our um, <clears throat> the stated clerk of the Presbyterian Church USA, this is sort of the, the highest elected officer who's a staff member of the church. His name is J. Herbert Nelson. And uh, he preaches a fair amount and, and also speaks a bit. And, he's, and uh, when people present him with numbers of, of a shrinking church or um, that sort of thing, he says, you know, we're not dying. We are reforming, or more importantly, God is reforming us. We are being reformed and remade into something that can continue to carry the mission that we've been given by God into a new age. And it may mean nationwide less Presbyterians. It may mean less people worshiping in churches, traditional church buildings, which we call Presbyterian churches, but that doesn't mean that God is done with us yet. Um, and like the, the perfect square in your book, each time the perfect square is reformed or remade, it realizes a new purpose in life or a new way of being and finds joy in that. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, here's a cool thing that we couldn't do before. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Yeah. It just, it's, uh, it's, I've in rereading it, um, yeah, it's really sort of making me think about what are what are the things that that I'm finding confining all of a sudden, and uh, and 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 what are the things that maybe we um, need to let go of and need to drop to the side, not to put an end to childish things, as it were. Hmm. Um. Should we have a prayer? Let's do that. Loving and gracious God, I think of the hymn that starts with the line, in the midst of new dimensions, in the midst of changing ways. We find ourselves living in such new dimensions and changing ways. I suppose people of faith have pretty much always found themselves in that kind of a spot, though. Help us, O oh God, to draw inspiration from those who have come before us, from those um, who found a way through the wilderness, guided by you, who found a way to become something new, something more than they were before, who found new ways to be creatures of love and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and all of the other fruits of the Spirit. Continue, O oh God, to guide us. Continue, O oh God, to form and reform us. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's it, I think. Looking forward to that sermon on Sunday, Damon. Yeah, it should be good. Um, you know, if it's not, then there will have been pretty pictures at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Toodaloo. All right. And I think Steph Brader, our director. Yep. Take care. No, you go ahead. Oh, it's Steph Brader, our director, Christian Ed's going to come in and read the book for us, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So it should be good. All right. Now, until next time. Toodaloo.